Movies and Booze. I'm Moncrief on News Talk. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Our WhatsApp number is 087 106 It is indeed uh, time for Movies and Booze. We are joined by Jean Smollin, Rachel Riley, and Esther McCarthy. Good afternoon to you all. Hello. Hi, Sean. Okay, so let's start with you, Esther. Uh, uh, the, the, the barber is like a moody sort of uh, private detective kind of job yeah it's an interesting project this one because it's kind of they're trying to do a modern day film noir um set in dublin uh directed by the name of finton Connolly, who um has made numerous features including trouble with sex which is a film i quite liked from a few years back and he's co-writing here as well with fiona bergen uh uniquely i think the entire movie is set within three kilometers uh reach of o'connell street so it's great fun for um city center dublin location spotters uh this one and it has aidan gillen in the lead role as the title character val barber um oh he's not a barber oh i thought he like cut hair by day solved crime by night kind of thing (laughs) It's a funny one, this, if you're trying to Google any information about it. You get offered lots of very good hair at uh, cutting establishments. Yes. Uh, so it's, yeah, but he's Val Barber, title character. Uh, they're trying to, yeah, trying to do a film noir here set in the city centre, largely shot by night, actually, uh, just as kind of uh, COVID recommendations first started ending. So do you remember those kind of eerie landscapes of Dublin at night when mm. it wasn't busy at all. I think it, you know, we all remember that. And they've captured a bit of that on screen. A very good looking film. And uh, yeah, he's got, uh, Aidan Gillen has a good cast here, including um, Ashley Kearns, uh, Helen Behan and Camilo Sullivan, uh, the singer who, of course, is his long term partner in real life. Ah, I didn't know that. And also Steve Wall from The Walls. So there's kind of a lot of musicians in it for some reason. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a, an interesting one. So we'll go into that maybe right. a little bit later. Just one other question on that though, because sometimes mm. I feel sorry for Aidan Gillen. I mean, not for his wildly successful acting career, but he's always cast as like a weirdo or a baddie or, a, you know, a repellent individual. In this, is he just a normal... No, he's not. <laughs> well, he's, I mean, it's not a stand up um, bouncy around comedy, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. But I think we're seeing something a little different from him here, actually. He's kind of, um, I suppose, not weirdo baddie, but jaded. Um, okay. A jaded man who's kind of trying to, uh, he's got a double life, I suppose. And bad Ooh. people get on board and try and use that against him. So, I, okay. yeah, but I do think we're seeing something different from here. It'd be really interesting to see him do a comedy or something. Though, yeah, wouldn't it just, yeah. Uh, slightly scary, actually, at this stage. Uh, right, and uh, Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre. Uh, uh, that's, this is a Guy Ritchie movie. Is it exactly the same as every other Guy Ritchie movie I've ever seen? You know what? It's a mediocre Guy Ritchie movie and oh. I'm here for it. I'm kind of here for it. I just, I'm having fun. With his the stuff he's been doing, I really enjoyed The Gentleman. It was a total burn after reading Jobby, very uneven. But like, there's one scene uh, in which Colin Farrell plays a character called Coach, a Dublin gangster, which is hilarious. You would say that's as you, uh, but it's actually really funny. There's a scene in a chipper where he just um, baits a load of guys and tells them how they should be fighting better. And I just there's look. He's regurgitating his own work at this stage. I think, yeah, Irish. yeah. But what elevates this, I think it's a re- it's really glossy looking, quite escapist. It's got Jason Statham. I'm sorry, like when he first came on the scene, Statham, I was going, why is everyone going on about this guy? Like he can only do one thing. Mm. And now I'm kind of getting it. 
Like he's practically winking at us as he tasers a villain in the balls in one scene. And it just made me laugh out loud. Yeah. Um, and that, actually, like, how could you wink at somebody and do that at the same time? That could, uh, a, a terrible talent. side effect. Well, that's the point. Like, yeah. state him can, you know. Yeah, okay. And I was looking at that glinty eye, you know, the glinty-eyed thing and, the, you know, the chin and the kind of um, the glare. And I thought, oh, my God, if someone's ever going to make a film, a biopic of Roy Keane... They need to talk to Jason Statham. I'm just putting it out there. Wow. Okay, that's controversial. Uh, if you uh, if you would like to text in, uh, get in touch uh, 087 106 to tell Esther just how wrong she is. Uh, so, Jean, what uh, what wines are we well, drinking today? Normally, at this time of year, we'd be looking at rosés and light sparkling wines, and but it's still I had the heating on much against. I, I mean, I'm trying uh, yeah, not to have the heating I know. on. Nobody wants the heating on. It's still cold, so I thought we'd have a couple of reds. So, yeah. I was actually at a tasting, a very posh tasting in Wheelahans a couple of weeks ago, Chateau, Chateau Leoville. Poifair and the fellow who owns the um, Chateau came to Dublin because his son Oscar is actually working as an intern in Whelan's at the moment um, and Oscar's mum was Irish so he wanted to spend time in Ireland to get to know what it was like. So the wines we were tasting were high, I mean you're looking at about 150, 160 euro bottle it's you know all the Chateau wines and but it suddenly triggered me back to Bordeaux and I haven't tasted Bordeaux for a long time and then David had uh, this lovely wine on the shelf, the one we're trying, the Monsieur de Cambon, which is actually from a Totally different um, producer, Chateau Cambon La Pelouse, but it's actually in the Omadoc. And I thought, well, let's go back to Burgundy because it's not something, you know, we'll have a look at it. And we did one when I was on last month and it was mm. a great success. Yeah. And I know from the, the fellow who imports that, 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 that it, it, it walked off the shelves. Everybody loved it. OK, so fantastic. I thought, well, we'll, we'll stay on that theme. And then we're going to Spain for a seriously good. Um, this is from a region called Priorat, which is in Penedes. And Alvaro Palacios, who's probably one of Spain's best known winemakers. I mean, he's God. He's a rock star in, term, in winemaking terms in Spain. We've got one of his kind of entry level. But when, when I'm talking entry level, we're talking 30 euro a bottle. But we have Whoa. his Camin de Priorat. So there are two really interesting red wines we're going to be looking at today. OK, 30 quid is entry level. Uh, well, that's that's, yeah. that's that's his yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no sneakers in here <laughs> kind of entry level. And uh, the, Rachel, they're going to make an animated series of Stranger Things? Yeah. I feel like this is... Flog to death. It's a franchise that I feel we're gonna we're gonna be seeing for years to come, and it is a bit of a pity because I enjoy Stranger Things, but I feel like they're gonna milk it now to death, right? So the final season is coming in June, season five. I think that will be great. We all love that. Uh, there's a play in the works for the West End of London at the end of the year. They're going to be releasing that. It's kind of a prequel called Stranger Things: The First Shadow, and now the creators have come out to say that they're making an animated Stranger Things. So. This is the show creators Matt and Ross Duffer um, who have confirmed that it's in the works. Now they say they've always dreamt of making an animated series of Stranger Things um, like the Saturday morning cartoons they used to watch as a kid. Okay, so, so it would be less scary than the actual well, Stranger Things. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. I mean, Saturday cartoons I used to watch were like Cat Dog and Arthur and like yeah. very nice, friendly cartoons. Um, so I assume so. But we don't know. They've said the adventure will continue in it. So I feel like it could be a continuation of the current storyline. But will they get all the actors back to do voice acting? 
I don't nah. think so. Uh, so it remains to be but seen. Like, yeah, but I mean, if 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 it's for kids, kids won't mm. have seen the these five the, the live action ones because their parents wouldn't let them. Well, unless they're I like think Stranger Things is. Um, I think it's twelve. Like, is I, it? I don't think it's like yeah. Gosh, like it's, okay. it's fairly PG except for all the monsters and stuff. Like it is pretty PG. Well, there you go. And um, is it necessary? No, absolutely not. I don't think so. I just think like Stranger Things is great. Leave it alone. But they've always dreamed of it. Well, it is their, it is their dream, Sean. They've always dreamed of being Follow. offered a huge amount of money uh, to do whatever you want uh, yes. with the thing. Uh, J-Lo. Now, I love J-Lo. Oh, good. I love J-Lo. I thought we were going to have a falling out. No, we're not going to have a falling out. Okay. I love J-Lo. But I think she should shoot her agent or she should get an agent who says, just choose different movies, J-Lo. I feel like she picks these movies on purpose because I feel like they're movies what, that rubbish she... movies that no, aren't no, doing her any no. favours. I don't think that's true. Did you see her movie Marry Me a couple of years ago with Owen yes. Wilson? Yes, oh my God. We got J-Lo the pop star and actress in one movie. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was brilliant. Phenomenally bad. It was really good. Phenomenally I, bad. I didn't see Shotgun Wedding Night that she released. Apparently, last that year. was that made, that made Marry Me look like a masterpiece. <laughs> yes, well, that didn't <clears throat> seem great. But anyway, so she's back with another kind of thriller action. It is called The Mother, which I thought is an interesting name. And in it, she plays an assassin who um, you see in the trailer. Basically, she gives birth to a baby. Then the FBI come in and say, "You can't stay with your baby. There's two fellas looking to kill the two of you. We need to hide the baby. You need to hide yourself." So she goes off to Alaska for 12 years and does nothing but stays in like a log cabin and does working out and keeps fit. And, and then looks exactly the same after the 12 years. Still looks... Totally credible storyline there. Still looks phenomenal. Yeah. Does she have the baby with her for the 12 no, years? No, like the baby was put away into hiding. This is like Tuzla said, you can't keep that child, no, you're it, a hit woman. It was a bit... Uh, it was which a, is pretty reasonable grounds, I would have thought. I thought it was a bit harsh now, to be yeah. honest. So she's living in the cabin and uh, so then 12 years later, she finds out her daughter, they found her, she's been kidnapped so she comes out of hiding to find the bad guys to rescue her daughter now sorry this is a trailer which basically gives the whole plot away she finds the daughter (laughs) and then takes the daughter into her care to try and teach the daughter how to be like an assassin and fight for yourself I mean I feel like Sean you probably won't like it but I feel like J-Lo fans will really enjoy it I've seen a lot of J-Lo movies and she's a good actor I don't care what anyone says. Oh, no, I'm not saying she's a good the actor. Woman can she act. is a good actor. Thank it's you. just she hasn't been in a good film for a long time. Because like, there's yeah. many components. Like, she hasn't been in an out of sight, is my, is my point. True. Did you ever see her movie enough that she did about 15 years ago? We were taken with my school to see it about three times and I loved her in it. She played the, vi- the victim of domestic abuse. Right. And I, that okay. was gritty. You should look that up. Yeah, okay. You'd be impressed yeah. with that choice. No, but it's just that lately she just no, hasn't lately, been in any good I feel movies. Like I don't I think feel it's like fluff. She, just, she wants to have a bit of fun. I think she enjoys all... Like, this, this is pure action. She's kicking ass. She's shooting people. She's on snowmobiles. And I think she just... That's what she wants and that's what she's doing because she's J-Lo. And Do she you can. Do you? No, she, that's what Do she you? wants. You see that people always say that when it's an action. Oh, they're just having fun. Uh, where it's like it's still work and it's cold, I imagine. I feel like she's someone and, you know, uh, who likes to challenge herself. She's by a, being in a good movie then. she. This is a challenge for her. Why not, not try to win an Oscar challenge rather than just shoot people challenge? She's, I think she's Grammys and she's probably happy enough for that. You can't have it all, Sean. You know, she's having fun. No, she could. I, I'm with you, Sean. She could dumb down, take off the makeup and then, go, you know, go for, for, for the, the really, you know, hard one, you know, sort of the brilliant script, roles. the gritty role you know and the, then, yeah. she gets the, then she gets the Oscar and then she can do loads and loads of tosh if she wants to. 
Yeah, you know yeah. that you know that like the, that documentary about her. That yeah, was, yeah. Like no, she came across as actually hardworking, hardworking, and a normal person. Yeah, as far as you can be a normal person, rather than a lot of these documentaries are like I'm pretending to be normal, but I'm really a basket case. She did come across as being quite normal. True. So she does have the life experience to use that in movie roles she does that she's say not using. that she um, wasn't and maybe still isn't taken seriously really maybe as an not. actor so maybe, maybe, she, maybe she's yeah. not being offered the roles Yeah, maybe we need to put, put a call out right now for directors producers get J-Lo into a gritty role yeah. Anna says I didn't know you cared so much for J-Lo I can feel the passion <laughs> spill out of my radio <laughs> yes you can in fact I need to calm down now and have a drink uh, so tell us about it Jean alright so this is the 2018 Monsieur de Cambon and it's normally priced at 20 euro you can get it Wheelhands Wines in Lachlanstein. They also sell online on their website wheelhandswines.ie or .com I think. Anyway, um, this Chateau, this is about the third or fourth wine of a chateau which was originally founded in 1700s and is in fact one of the oldest estates in in, in the Omadoc. Um, it's now owned by Treasury Wine Estates. They own Penfolds, they own Wolf Blast. It's an Australian company bought in 2019. So, right. But they've obviously invested a lot in it as well. Um, What makes this so special is that the land where this is grown, this is the, the, the part of the Gironde, um, which is on the left bank, uh, the, the Omadoc is on the left bank of the Gironde. The part where this chateau is based is literally across the border from where um, Chateau Giscorg is in, in the Margot Appellation. It's about two kilometres away from it. And it was a third growth under the 1855 classification. So in other words, the soil here is pretty good and so are the wines. Now, this was quite, quite this wine is actually what we call a cru bourgeois exceptionnel and you know th- this is a red bordeaux blend so what you're looking at is a powerful structure uh, deep flavors but the first thing that struck me and this is 2018 so it's 5 years old if you notice and i and i said it to you when i was shining the wine see how brown the color is this it's, yeah, it's showing its age yeah. quite a lot right um so you know the tannins here. The tannins on this are much much softer. But that's because it's predominantly Merlot. It's made up of forty six percent Merlot, forty four percent Cabernet Sauvignon, ten percent Cabernet Franc. So why they put more Merlot in is because Merlot is an early ripening grape, right? And it doesn't have as thick a skin as Cabernet Sauvignon. So the grape when when you have a Merlot dominated Bordeaux blend, it kind of comes around quicker and doesn't have as much tannin in it as it's one that's got predominantly Cabernet in it, which means it's ready to drink earlier and mm. and it's just. You you know, it's it's a blend. Even wine. though that's five years old, and this this actually it won a silver medal in the International Wine Challenge, bronze medal in decanter. It's actually on offer at eighteen euro at the moment in okay. in Wheeling. Right. But on the nose, you got that classic. You got you know the sort of um, you know pencil sharpener. Um, Touch of kind of tobacco. Yeah, pencil it's sharpener. That's a, a new a, one. I've never heard pencil sharpener before. I don't know. It's, 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 yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, Thanks. nice. You know, when you, yeah. when you do put your pencil yeah, in Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I've never really wondered what that tasted one. like, but now no, I know. because there's only so many ways to describe a taste or a smell. And that's, that's uh, and you know, you have to be a manager. Yeah. But that's a good one. And then, it's lovely. It's soft tan, and there's that lovely kind of a leathery character coming through. It's got lovely development for a five-year-old wine. Um, Plum fruit, um, uh, you know, a hint of chocolate, um, just a touch of mocha in there. Lovely. I mean, for, yeah. for 18 euro, like seriously, it's it's still cold and we're still eating stew. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, what a lovely wine to drink over the weekend. Indeed. Movies and booze on Moncrief on News Talk. 
There they are, my new best friends. Oshgeldenis, as we say in Turkey. Mm. Thank you for the jet. Oh, don't be silly, that's the baby one. Danny Francesco. It's good to see you, Greg. Excited to be here, learn from the master. Oh, no, I'm not the master. <laughs> now, before we do anything else, follow me, because I have something to show you. Grab a drink on the way. 75 Corniche, Greggy, I love it. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Present from Elsa, that one. Wait a second, that looks exactly like the car that I drove. Do you know why? Do you know why? <laughs> That's not possible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Lovingly restored with my own hands. It's not really with my own hands. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice, though, isn't it? Look at him. I drove this car myself. I know, honey. And Michaela did his own stunts. Is that true, Danny? Yeah. Could you still do them? A little rusty, but sure. Right, uh, that's uh, Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre. You can uh, watch it on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, whoever, one of those people there sounded like he was channeling Michael Caine, Esther. Yeah, it's, it's, I can only call it a Guy Ritchie accent at this stage. I think yes. he's created his own kind of sub-dialogue in his movies. Do you know who that was? Though, no. That was Hugh Grant. Oh, God. Fair oh, juice. No. Fair juice, Hugh actually. Grant yeah. is having a blast here. And I am just enjoying his career so much these days. Like I thought, I'm 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 not trying to be controversial when I say he should have got a best supporting actor nomination for Paddington too. Yes, I thought he was mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Rachel, totally agreeing with you here. Yeah, yeah, I think he's underrated, and I think what happened maybe with Hugh Grant is he started coming out. Remember, we 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 used to use the word foppish mm. with Hugh Grant always and never described any other person like it, uh, foppish with his foppishness except him. And I think he just got sick of doing the rom-coms. They were wildly successful, made him load, uh, made loads of money, but then kind of always, almost kind of tied him into a bind of what he was going mm. to be offered as well. So I'm kind of loving slightly maniacal, evil, middle-aged Hugh Grant and he's having... An absolute blast here. And I think that's the key to the success of this film. Like Guy Ritchie is photocopying himself here. Um, <laughs> but the cast he is bringing to the table really elevates it because you've got Jason Statham, like who I'm really getting to like. Now, I mean, let's not get carried away here, Sean. I'm like, it's not at the JLo level that you've just um, been talking about. <laughs> I but I'm, be. I'm <laughs> How could it be? But I'm really just enjoying him. I think he's a great old hatchet faced. He's got that kind of great um, com- combination of the kind of hatchet faced assassin, tough guys, the Dolph Lundgrens of this world or the Arnies that we all mm. grew up with in the 80s. But he can combine that. And I think, you know, there's a trickery of play here. He might be better than we kind of tend to dismiss him as because yeah. he combines that with a really dry kind of wit and a really deadpan delivery. And I think he's perfect for the lead role here. And then, of course, you've got Aubrey Plaza. Um, who's Parks great. Creations, yeah. Who's just about to take over the world right now, if nobody has, anybody hasn't noticed yet. She's fabulous here as kind of um, the, the, the mall who keeps them all in check, I guess. So the whole idea about it, it kind of involves... Um, like you're going to say, God, I've heard this plot so many times before. And you're right. Uh, he, Statham is an underground fixer for the British government, um, which has discovered that some uh, heavily armoured cargo from outside a facility in Eastern Europe, in Odessa in Ukraine, actually, um, has been stolen. 20 security guards killed. And the mission, this, the US, the UK government wants to know what's going on. And they put... Um, 
uh, Statham on the mission to retrieve what's missing, find out who's looking for it, and most importantly, find out what it is, because there's 10 billion going into black market for whatever is in this case, which is known as the candle. Okay. Um, and here I'm already inv- enjoying Statham because he plays he plays this character by the name of Orson Fortune, and. They hate working with him, the government, because he's an administrative nightmare. He's very high maintenance. Uh, he won't fly without a private jet because of what he says is his claustrophobia. Um, he also likes posh wine and five-star accommodation, which he also puts down to various phobias that he suffers from. So he's kind of, he's this absolute pain in the backside of a, a person in terms of budgets and in terms of, you know, entitlement. But he's got this manipulative streak. Uh, he can take down a few, a dozen baddies with like his baby finger. And he's trained to exploit every system available to him, I suppose, which is what makes him perfect for this job. Uh, he doesn't get it all his own way, though, because he's not. he has to work with a new team. Uh, they include this character called Sarah, who's played by Aubrey Plaza, uh, who's having an absolute blast here. I think, you know, she was so much fun with everything she did, did during award season. And I think she's bringing a bit of that pers- her own personality into the lead role here. Um, gets to use some really smutty jokes that she seems to be having a blast with and uh, is well able for... Uh, uh, Statham's character fortune so uh, she tells him she, so her, her business is in communications and spying and he, she says I control the turntables you control the dance floor basically uh, so that's the kind of vibe we get to find out then that um, this character Ben Harris is in on the act and he is a top lawyer slash consigliere they actually use the word consigliere in a Guy Ritchie voice. Okay. And uh, to... Consigliere, in it, Yeah. Okay. In it, yeah. yeah. Uh, he is, to, to this character called Greg Simmons, who's played by Hugh Grant, who is going full Ritchie in his accent there. And uh, he's the kind of fellow who'd sell arms to kids, you know, with this guy. He's a nasty <laughs> piece of work. And uh, the type who would, you know, happily pick up a few tomahawks for terrorists. He's got one chink in his armour, though, Sean. He is a total fanboy of um, this actor, a really famous actor named uh, Danny Francesco, in it. And uh, he's played by Josh. <laughs> in it isn't his actual name. Just want to point that out for the listeners. Yeah. He's played by Josh Hartnett, who is like just this pampered, it's a total send up of famous actors, uh, a pampered star who has actually been offered Hugh Grant's uh, crook actually loves this guy so much that he once offered him 10 million dollars to jump out of a birthday cake and sing happy birthday to him (laughs) on his private yacht (laughs) so um, Francesco's not for turning basically so they have to get some dirt on him and they're the right team to do that they find out he is having an affair with his sister-in-law uh, so that's kind of the material you're dealing with here. I found this kind of great fun. So, they, you know, they, it's a heist movie, an action film, a ruse, and uh, they all kind of band together. We find out Fran- Danny Francesco's a really bad actor in real life, that he can only do movie roles. And when he actually comes to acting this character as part of the aspiring, he kind of fails miserably to uh, great effect a few times. And yeah, it's just ultimately, though, it's the Statham and Hugh Grant show. Like they mm. are great fun here. I think, you know, Guy Ritchie is milking it at this stage. But I think it's also maybe telling 
that such good actors want to work with him, you know, even having Colin do, I don't think Colin's done a, you know, he's been doing Colin Farrell, I mean, doing um, quite dramatic roles lately and brilliantly. But I think the last silly kind of burn after reading thing he did was uh, The Gentleman, which he obviously thought this is going to be a blast, you know, and he dresses, he dresses up. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but he dresses up in full Guy Ritchie attire complete with the peaked hat and the shoes and everything. It's a very funny visual uh, look. And I just, yeah, they're, they're, these films are hugely derivative, both of every other thriller and spy caper you've ever seen and, mm. and of Ritchie's other films. Uh, but the action's well rendered. The stunt works good. The cast are having a blast, which is kind of infectious. That can be, you know, when that yeah, doesn't yeah. go well, that can be really distancing. But when it goes well... Um, it can invite you in. I think it invites the audience in as well. Maybe in the second area, the stakes are upped a lot, as you would expect um, dramatically. I, yes, I of course, without <laughs> any particular spot. Is this set in different locations around the world? Blah, blah. Yeah, it's very flashy and glamorous. It's yeah. very, it's all, you know, it's all there in the, in the visuals as well. And it's, yeah, it's set in a few locations. Interestingly, on this one, it was due to come out uh, last year, Sean, uh just around the time that the Russians invaded Ukraine at first. And very unfortunately for the production team involved here, the Ukrainians are the bad guys here. So they felt it was kind of a bit insensitive and kind of stalled the release of this one. Mm. Um, it would have been coming out just last spring as as that terrible news was com- coming through. Um, so, yeah, it's look, it's not very good. But I kind of enjoy it. But it's it. not bad. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's a kind of a hangover movie. Absolutely that, yeah. 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 Okay. Any gratuitous nudity in it? A little bit, Oh, yeah. great. Lots of swearing. <laughs> Sold. Okay. Lots of swearing. <laughs> Someone gets tasered in the balls. I mean, I'm okay, well, that's that. a, I, I don't want to see that, to be honest with you. Even you describing it was uh, more than make it stick. Uh, right, so uh, continuing our, our um, uh, series entitled There's No Such Thing as an Original Idea Anymore, uh, there's going to be another spin-off of The Big Bang Theory. Yes. Again, something not quite necessary, but it's happening. Uh, are you a fan of The Big Bang Theory? I, well, it was one of those things that... I, I, I did like I know yeah. some people hated it I didn't like love it or hate oh, it I but, loved it but I like I, it's one of those things you'd have on kind yeah, of, you know, yeah. I, 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 I was a big converter I yeah. absolutely hated it I thought it was so silly and annoying and then I sat down and watched a few episodes I think my dad was quite into it and then I just began to find the characters all very endearing and I did actually end up enjoying it um, but it did come to an end after 12 seasons I think back in 2019 like it's been mm. over a while um, but there is already a spin-off called Young Sheldon which yeah, I have yeah. watched a few episodes of and that is absolutely brilliant uh, tells the story I think he's about nine when it starts of a young Sheldon Cooper growing up in Texas a uh, very unique character so that went really well for them so the creator Chuck is it Chuck Lore or Chuck Laurie? I'd say Chuck Laurie oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, so he had they have confirmed that they're in the early stages of developing uh, another spin-off Warner Brothers have uh, confirmed it we don't know literally anything else we don't know if it's a oh. prequel we don't know if it's a sequel I assume because they've done sort of a prequel with, with young Sheldon that it might be like I'd love to know what like Amy and Sheldon are up to now do they have kids what's going on I would like to see a continuation of you know the original story but we don't know anything more about it except that it's happening 
That's mad, isn't it? Surprise. They just went mm. and said, we want to do a spin-off, give us money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll think a, of an idea soon. There's a lot we'll of that going around you. at the moment, yeah. Isn't that great? Uh, right, now, Arnold Schwarzenegger fixes a pothole. I know that doesn't sound like a story, but it's an actual story. It's one of my favourite stories of the year so far. Uh, so earlier this week, Arnold Schwarzenegger put this video of himself up online, right? And it was of himself. He was honestly dressed in Terminator glasses out on a road in Brentwood in LA. And it's where he lives and he was basically raging that there was a massive pothole in this road for weeks and in fairness he was like cars and bikes have had to swerve around it it's Mm. actually really dangerous no one was doing anything so off he went himself and filled in the pothole. He had, you know, whatever stuff you need to do, that cement, he was mixing it. He, he seemed was to be tar- a tarmacadam dirt, he was. Yeah, like yeah, it was a proper, proper job. Yeah. So everyone was like, you're a hero. Thank you, Arnold. Like, fantastic. And next thing, the local gas company comes out to say that, eh, sorry, actually, that was, we were using that to fix gas lines. <laughs> Why did yeah, you do it was that? an access uh, <laughs> thing rather an, than a pothole. Completely, yeah. completely. Um, so, but then Arnold hit back and said, "Well, if that was the case, that's fine. But why did it take you months to fill up uh, a pothole?" I think his exact quote was, "If you think it takes that long, you need to go back to school." So he kind of came back a little bit, and uh, then they came back to say, "Look, we normally fix it within thirty days, but..." There was rain, so we got delayed. Mm. So I think overall, who comes off best in the story? Uh, is he going to? Uh, uh, but do they do they need the <laughs> hole uh, uh, still? Do I, they have to dig it up they again? They haven't now? confirmed whether they're going to dig it. I, I think they'll just leave it. Like at this stage. I well, think, if it, there's a gas leak beside your house and well, you need to dig up that I hole, I think they uh, were saying that they they had they had done it for works, but they had kind of forgotten to fill it in. So oh, they were kind okay, of defending themselves. But actually, Arnold Schwarzenegger basically did their job for them, and he's kind of the the local hero in Brentwood in LA. So I think I suppose uh, they, it was a service trench to fix gas lines if they hadn't fixed the gas lines by now you'd be a bit worried you would be a little bit yeah but would yeah. they not have to think, you know I mean you know when they dig a hole here they put about 40 million barriers around it you know, that kind of thing yeah, yeah no, it he's, a, guy, very he's a politician you think he'd know how this <laughs> stuff works because you have to kind of you have to get like this because yeah. it's not just gas it's like cable and, and all sorts of stuff under there and then the various you know, power bodies are fighting with each other and then the local authority yeah. and you have to get permission for 10 people. It seems to be a bit of a trend. Was it last year or earlier this year? Rod Stewart Rod did the Stewart same did thing. Yeah, he did, yeah. In near his house, he decided to fix a few potholes as well. Rod Stewart didn't. Rod Stewart was wheeled out in his wheelchair, <laughs> stood <laughs> over it for a while, then went back in to take his morning Viagra. That's well, what Rod Stewart did. He probably got a picture. Arnold got the video. He is the Terminator after all. Movies and booze. I'm Moncrief. On News Talk. Let's move on to our second wine, Jim. Okay, our second wine is, is from Spain, and this is the 2021 Alvaro Palacios Camens de Priorat, and it's 30 euro. Now, you'll get this in Redmond's of Ranala, Judevine in Port Marnock, Martin's in Fairview, Latouche and Greystones, I think O'Brien's have it as well. It basically the independent off licenses. This is from Penedes, which is really, this is Cava country, really. Um, and it's, it's an interesting part of Spain. You know, about 30 years ago, this wasn't a very well-known wine region. Um, and this just means from a winemaking perspective, like it's gone from the Middle Ages to the 21st century, literally in 30 years. And it's been people like Alvaro Palacios who have actually done that. He's 
Spain's probably most important winemaker. He grew up in Rioja and his family um, were making wine there under the name Palacios Redomo. And then he moved to Priorat, which back then was kind of, um, you know, a, a very small, rocky, very hilly, high altitude area. Well, you know, it, the, the region means Priory and it takes its name from a nearby monastery. And I mean, anybody who's been to uh, Barcelona knows how, you know, you go from sea level to like high altitude. Altitude, and then once you go into the mountains, you're you know three thousand mm. feet above sea level. So um, it's not easy to grow grapes here. You know, I mean, you're you're talking about terrace vineyards, mountainous vineyards, but the altitude makes the difference. It really, really does. And the other thing that makes the difference so much to this particular region is that they're also allowed to plant French grape varieties under the DOC laws. And in fact, Priorat is a DOCA, and there's only a handful of. Um, regions in Spain that are actually DOCA. Rioja is the other one. And that means it's the highest qualitative level in, in terms of the regional um, quality that, yeah. of the wines they produce. So anyway, um, Palacios has, as I say, became a rock star. And this is this is his entry level. It's a blend of Carignan, Carignana, which is one of the most widely planted red grapes in the Priorat region. Garnacha, Grenache, 35%. 2% Syrah and he's got a little bit of Cabernet Sauvignon he's got about 15% Cabernet and 10% Merlot in here Grenache is the dominant grape though and there's a lot of red fruit aroma on the nose of this and you also get that touch of perfume as well coming through and then um, on the uh, when you try it this is uh, 2021 so it's, it's, it's like it's almost a baby you know mm. um there's a, there's a good firm tannin there, but there's a lovely kind of lightish fruit. It's 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 more summer fruit than yeah. yeah. I was expecting dark fruit, but it's not. It's got that's all that kind of light red cherry fruit. A little bit of chocolatey mocha showing in the finish. He ages it for eight months in um, uh, in barrels and also in wooden vats, and he only produces about fifty thousand cases of this anyway. So I mean, Spanish chorizo and meatballs or something. You yes, know, something yeah. Spanishy would go lovely. Cover with your tapas. Oh, tapas. Yes. Perfect. And uh, I mean, a super wine. Not cheap, but if you want to push the boat out and have a treat this weekend, definitely one to look at. Okay. Now, Rachel Ryan, you are a fan of Harry Potter, which I, by which I assume you mean you've read all the books and everything. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think twice, maybe three times. Okay, right. Okay, Big super fan. fan. So super then, fan. if you're a super fan of Harry Potter and they've made films of all the books, why would a TV series doing exactly the same thing be good news? Well, I think it's going to be very controversial. And I so basically, they've confirmed that a TV series of Harry Potter is happening. OK, now, I think their aim of it is that they're going to bring Harry Potter to a whole new generation. So like kids, to, you know, five, six now are going to watch these. They're going to grow up with it. They're going to like, you know, reignite all the love for the franchise. Just not watch the films. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, and I actually only read this today and I was absolutely shocked. The first Harry Potter movie came out in 2001. Yeah, yeah. Like 20 years ago. Mother, my God, I was very surprised. Um, But anyway, this new TV series, it's happening on, it's Warner Brothers have announced it, yes. And uh, what they're going to do is they're going to do seven seasons. So a season for each book. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot going on. Now, what I am happy to hear as a fan is that while they are having, of course, a brand new cast, they are going to stick quite tightly to the storylines of the books. Because I was kind of afraid they might do like a reimagining and like, you know, throwing some new characters or some wild storylines. The films were fairly faithful to the books, or were they? They were. The yeah. films were very, very faithful. And um, I think 
all of this is going to come down to casting is going to be so incredibly important for this and are they going to get uh, you, you know younger actors for the first couple are, going to, are they going to change them are they mm. going to you know well, which I hate when they get like 26 year olds to play an 11 year old and you're like what's going on uh, but mm. it'll be interesting right because like no disrespect to Daniel Radcliffe like he wasn't fantastic in the first couple of movies, you know? Oh, no, I know it was uh, Emma, Hermione. Wasn't Emma great. Watson, they yeah. were both quite wooden. And yeah. I know they were only 11, yeah. but they weren't great. And I remember even as a kid watching the movies being like, God, he wasn't fantastic. But they lent into it now. They did grow with the movies yeah. and they became good. Uh, so, like, I am excited to see it. J.K. Rowling is very involved in this TV series. She is an executive producer on it. Okay. So she's going to be kind of guiding them through it. So I assume she's not going to let them do anything overly wild with the whole Hogwarts world fingers crossed yeah um, I'll definitely watch it because I am a fan but it is it is a risky game to play you know it but, is yeah. but look We're, at it now there's a whole new generation coming up they don't go to the movies anymore they watch no, they, they, they watch they have instant um, access to these things online now they can yeah you know. but maybe in yeah. like in say 10 20 years time the original movies will look like terrible they'll be like oh the graphics oh, are I, awful oh yeah maybe because and I be would like, have thought that like the look of Hogwarts is kind of timeless rather than you know what yeah, I mean yeah but there are some special effects that I'd say will age and maybe Daniel Radcliffe's yeah. performance as well they're like maybe we can as long as they, don't, they all have <laughs> smartphones in the series and you know Yes, kind of no, stuff. we don't want to see too much technology, yeah. no. There are, yeah, mm. they're all on social media accounts. Right, <laughs> let's move on to our uh, second movie of the day. It is Barbara. Here's a clip. Uh, just acting up, occasional flashes, uh, battery suddenly dying. I think it's been hacked. Yeah. You're right. SS7. Who uses that? You don't often see it's uh, sophisticated. Cops? Yeah, maybe. I can encrypt the feeder. Don't, just leave it. I don't want them to know I know. I can give you a burner. Yeah, give me two. Thanks. Careful out there. You know about Young for Hill Street Blues? I love those old shows. Right, uh, that's what, what was happening in that particular scene, Esther? Um, they were investigating why a phone seemed to have been uh, wiped by miss uh, belonging to a missing young girl and whether indeed that she might have wiped the phone herself because the case Val Barber is investigating here is um, he's been contacted by a wealthy widow who is wor- worried about the whereabouts of her missing granddaughter but the granddaughter has previous shown and has disappeared kind of off the face of the earth in the past. So it's really a question of is she in any danger here at all or is a life for this kind of late teen, early 20 something just a little bit too difficult and she wants to drop out of it for a while. Um, it's a different case for him because when we say he's a detective, uh, you know, solving cases in his hometown, we're at the very unsexy end of film noir here because most of his work involves finding proof of extra marital affairs and uncovering insurance frauds. Uh, so this is kind of an intriguing case for him. Uh, and, and as I say, maybe this girl just doesn't want to be found, but nobody knows if something's amiss because there's been kind of complicating circumstances in her life. Uh, her stepfather, for example, claims she has is the one who claims she, ha- she has a history of disappearing, but he was also the last person to see her. So that's not a very mm. credible witness. Uh, there are other explained elements to the case that her bank accounts have been untouched and 
her phone, as I say, they can't re- retrieve data on it. Was that done by her, her herself? Even her closest friend can't shed much light uh, because she hasn't seen her for months because they fell out when this girl, uh, Sarah, slept with her boyfriend. So, you know, is there something going on there as well? Uh, and what happens then, I suppose, is kind of how this girl's case mir- mirrors his own life. So he's in a, a tricky relationship with his own ex-wife, who's played by Helen, the great Helen Behan. Uh, and his own teenage daughter, who also has a wobbly history, is increasingly estranged from her mam and wants to move in with her dad. But dad, Val Barber, is harbouring his own family secrets in, in all of this that he is trying to keep from even his own daughter. Um, so it's a good looking film. This sat, set mostly at night time um, in Dublin, uh, written Directed by Fintan Connolly, who co-wrote the script with um, the film's producer, Fiona Bergen, who would be very well known in Irish film circles, has produced a lot of films over the years. Um, It's a good looking film noir, but I just felt it didn't quite work for me. Um, Storytelling feels a bit disjointed and the movie plays, I think, as less than the sum of its considerable parts. Like there's a very good Irish cast here. it's um, it's an ambitious thriller, I think, and it's and I like that they're trying to do a noir in Dublin. I mm. don't think I've seen that before, uh, and particularly one in in kind of modern inner city working class Dublin. Uh, so it's a great idea, but I just felt there were like too many little subplots and reveals, and I think for a noir to have really worked properly here it would it would have been a great idea to make it more character based. Now there is a lot of character backstory, but I just think just to invest more in these characters and these actors and not have to weave a kind of kitchen sink of subplots into the whole thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's too much there. This one is in cinemas, isn't it, Esther? This is in cinemas from today, yeah. yeah it's a big, wide release in cinemas from today. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, fine actors, uh, Kim Kardashian is going to be in American Horror Story. Has she ever acted in anything before, Rachel? She has had little tiny appearances. I think she was in CSI New York. She also uh, played an animated alien in American Dad, that TV series. Okay. And she's had a couple of cameos in different movies, but no, we have never... As herself or as no, actual people? Well, she's, actress, the cameos actress. was as, as herself. Yeah. So we No, we've never seen her in an actual full-on acting role and she was like absolutely the she star She was in Paw Patrol, I've been told. You've she's missed in out. Paw Patrol? What was she in Paw Patrol? We don't I know. know anyway, she, a dog, I don't know. I'm just telling. Ronan Keating was in Paw Patrol, what? the movie. That's crazy. But yeah. I know, look, I think, in fairness, Kim Kardashian has kind of been acting her whole life. You know, I mean, The Kardashians is a reality show. But, you know, there's a lot of as herself. scripting yeah. and, yeah. you know, she can turn it on. So I actually think she might be all right. And American Horror Story has had loads of celebrities like Lady Gaga, Macaulay Culkin, loads of big names okay. have done it. And uh, the storyline she's doing is really bizarre. It's about a woman who thinks a ghost is following her around so she can't get pregnant so that in itself quite intriguing um, mm. and I'll be interested to see maybe this will be the start of her career maybe her and Jayla could do a movie together maybe they could so this ghost is following her b- around so there'll she... be lots of shots of Kim Kardashian from behind <laughs> yes yeah that may be how she got the part then oh. uh, 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 I'm suspecting poor Kim I apologise for that <laughs> sexist comment Movies and Booze on Moncrief on News Talk.